All right, Shabbosai, good morning. Let us begin. Begin by uh, by thanking our sponsors, a new month, Baruch Hashem, and new sponsors to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors. Sorry. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Sivan. Naftali and Chavi Tilson, Baruch Hashem from Eretz Yisrael, for dedicating this month of Drushes and Shi'urim with a very beautiful dedication of Asel Lecharav Ukenei Lechachavar. A thank you to Benjamin Wall. Naftali Tilson thanking his friend Benjamin Wolf, both from Eretz Yisrael, for introducing him to the Dafyomi Shir. May Hashem bless us all to finish Dafyomi, the Dafyomi cycle together and celebrate with a Siyum together in Eretz Yisrael. Beautiful. To thank Mark Herstadt for dedicating the Shurim Drushos this month in memory of his mother, Hanabas Shragai. To our Week of Learning sponsor, Leah Sol, in memory of her mother, Marguerite Streit, in commemoration of her ninth yard site. Our Week of Learning sponsor, Jeff and Karen Cohn, in commemoration of the yard site of Mayor Axman, Mayor Ben Mordechai, which is today Rosh Chodesh Sivan, our Dafyomi sponsors, Gabi and Shane Cohn, Zecha Nishmas, Gabi's grandfather, Mayor Axman, Mayor Ben Mordechai, on the occasion of his yard site. Today, we hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, all of the Nishamas will have an Aliyah, the families in Echam and Halavai, we should be so chemer Hashem to make the Sima Numa, as well as all of our, all of our subsequent Sima Merit Yisrael as well. And I both say, on that note, it goes without saying that we dedicate our learning in the Zuchos of our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. And Chodesh Baruch Hushet Merit Hashem bring a Yeshua for Am Yisrael soon. We watch the escalating situation with incredible fear and trepidation, confidence that the Shomer Yisrael will always take care of us and always watch over us, but yet with incredible fear for what our brothers and sisters are going through, sleeping in bomb shelters, the, the escalation and the nature, and leaving aside the, the unfairness of the coverage of this, of this matzah. But that's, that's unfortunately an age-old situation, the one-sidedness in which the world often sees anything to do with Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael. But again, that's, that, 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 that is what it is. But we just hope we should have to intensify our tefillos, we have to intensify our Talmud Torah, we have to intensify our tzedakah, our Maisim Tovim, our chasadim, and Amir Tzashim, all that we do, beginning this morning now with learning Adaf Nesechus Yoma, should be a schus for our brothers and sisters, should be a schus for the holy soldiers of the IDF, and Amir Tzashim Kaddish Baruch, who should give them success in ultimately bringing this current conflict to an end, and Amir Tzashim Halavai, we should be zocha to get to the time where Shalom is consistent, ongoing, and eternal. So with that, let us begin. So today's daf is Lamed Aleph 31, and we are picking up Amir Hashem on the bottom of Lamed Amad Beis. So we left off with Amr Le Abaye. Amr Le Abaye the Rav Yosef. So it's two, four, six lines up from the bottom. Amr Le Abaye the Rav Yosef. Name Rabbanu the Pligi Alei the Rav Yehuda. Kibben Zoma Sfirale. Sabaye said, let's assume, picking up on yesterday's conversation about this. Remember again, we are still in the midst of this conversation that began in the Gemara on Laman Amad Beis. The Mishnah introduced us to the idea that Ein Adam Nichnas La'avoda That any time you come to the Beis Hamikdash, you have to go ahead and immerse in a mikvah prior to going ahead and entering. We had a machlokas between Benzoma. Benzoma and Rabbi Yehuda about the nature of this tevila. Benzoma said it's a dindar aisa. 
In the right, it's a kav chomer. Therefore, on pasuk on base, Rabbi Huda said srach tvila. It's not a din daraisa; it's a drabanon, and it's there for one simple reason. As a reminder, that if when coming to the base of mikdash in the event that you were tummy and you forgot about your tumah, this way when you have to go to the mikvah, you'll remember ah. I'm Tommy, and you'll go ahead and remedy that status before entering in. So this machlok is escalated a little bit. We brought in the Rabbanon, we brought in Mitzorah. It's so nothing more picks up with this. Only Rabbi Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef. Rabbanon de Pligi Aleik de Rabbi Yehuda. Ben Zoma Sviralu. It must be that the Rabbanon who argue on Ben Zoma, ultimately, I'm oh, sorry, who argue on Rabbi Yehuda, hold like Ben Zoma. Vahai diktani Mitzorah, lahodi acha koch od Rabbi Yehuda. And the only reason we brought up the case of Mitzorah, we'll say, was why? To highlight the strength of the position of Rabbi Huda. That according to Rabbi Huda, American, we ended off with this sugya, that according to Rabbi Huda, if a Mitzorah immersed on day seven, when he shows up day number eight for the blood application, he doesn't have to immerse again. Even in that case, where what the Gemara called the Dayish Betumah, where there is an incredible proliferation or an incredible concentration of Tumah, even then Rabbi Huda would hold if he immersed on day seven, he did not immerse on day number eight. It could very well be that Mitzorah is different, as we mentioned in yesterday's daf. Why? Because the Daesh, he is immersed in Tumah. So this is very interesting. Let's go with Rabbi Huda. So according to Rabbi Huda, remember again, According to Ben Zoma, who holds that this tevila, the obligation to go ahead and immerse in a mikvah, and immerse in a mikvah, when you come to the Beis HaMikdash, this obligation is a daraisa obligation. So it's a right, it's, it's a real, so according to Ben Zoma, then, sorry, according to Ben Zoma, it makes sense that the laws which govern this tumah, are, sorry, tevila, are going to be the general halachos of tevila. So whatever is, whatever is in effect, by a general immersion in a mikvah, will apply there. So for example, one of the key elements of, of, of immersion in a mikvah is the, the absence of a chatzitza, right? You can't have, when you go to the mikvah, you can't have anything interposing between your flesh and the mikvah. So according to Ben Zoma, before you go, when you show up to the base of mikdash and you're going to immerse, you have to check your body for chatzitzos. Here's the shayla. According to Rabbi Huda, according to Rabbi Huda, who holds that this immersion is only what he calls srach tvila. It's only there really as a reminder immersion, that in the event that you were tummy and you forgot about your tumah, this immersion will remind you of your tumah. Do you have to be worried about chatzitza or not? If you're about chatzitza, so the Gemara says, Amalei, to which Rabbi Yehuda would respond, call the tikkun rabbana, well, this is really Rabbi Yossi was responding, call the tikkun rabbana, king do araisa tikkun. Yes, because both say, remember again, in general, we have the concept that when the rabbis enact law, so they enact their law to resemble biblical law. So therefore, even if you want to say that this immersion is only, is only rabbinically warranted, it's going to look like a biblical immersion. So just like on a biblical immersion, you have to worry about chatzitza, so too you have to worry about chatzitza as well. Good, Amalia Abayi Rabbi Yosef. What about bia b'miktas shmabia? Olo. So we'll say interesting case over here. What about the following? What happens in the final? So we'll say, so what we've established in the Mishnah is that if you want to come into the Beis HaMikdash, you need to go ahead and immerse yourself in the mikvah. What happens if you're not going to bring your entire body into the Azara? Let's say you're just going to extend your arm into the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash. 
Does that still require immersion in a mikvah or not? That's what it calls bia b'mikvah shma bia alo. Do we say Rilki Rashi shma bia liyan tefila zul tzitzar litbal in balahachnis echad meivarov? So do you have to go ahead and immerse yourself in the mikvah if your only intention is to immerse part? Excuse me, is to is to is to enter part of your body into the base hamikdash compound? So the Gemara says Amrlei. We'll say, well, the truth is that's an easy one because the raya to that case is what? Mitzora. The Mitzora, which is one yesterday's daf, only stands, he stands by Sharni Kanar, right? On the eastern side of the base of He stands by Sharni Kanar, and the only thing he does is what? Extends parts of his body inside in order to have the blood application. And yet what? He is mandated to immerse. So you see from here that even going ahead and entering part of your body into the Beis HaMikdash compound would trigger this obligation for Tevilo. So Yibayilahu, so we'll say along the same line the Gemara says, so let me ask a different question. Yibayilahu, Ma'u she'e'ase sakin aruka v'yishchot. So we'll listen to this interesting case. Can you go ahead and make a long knife and essentially shecht, shecht the karban, from outside of the base Hamikdash. So we'll say, look at Rashi for just a moment. Maushi Asasakin Aruka is an interesting case. Lift her Asaminat Tfilah. So we'll say, some people really don't like the mikvah. So I say to myself, you know what? In order to avoid the mikvah, what am I going to do? I'm going to go and make a very long knife. And essentially, I'm going to stand outside of the base Hamikdash compound and shech the animal inside the base Hamikdash through using a very, very long knife. So the Shaila is, if I do that, if I do that, can that go ahead and avoid the need for immersion in the mikvah? Look at Rashi. Rashi says, sakin aruka. Lift her atzam in atvila. My goal over here is I just want to avoid going to the mikvah. azara. I'm going to stand outside of the courtyard of the base of mikdash. V'yoshit yadolifnim v'yishchot. And I'll extend my hand inward. Now when I say that, I'm going to extend my hand inward. That's, I'm not really extending my hand inward. I'm extending the knife inward. Right? So my whole body is going to be outside of the base of mikdash. The knife is going to extend into the base of mikdash. So does that work? Mi miftar bahachi minatim. Reading Rashi. Ol dilma. Rashi says over here, the Gemara does not delve into whether or not such a shechita works, because the Gemara presupposes that such a shechita works. Right? So apparently, again, he quotes over here the Gemara, the Gemara tells us that halacha lamaisa, it works to go ahead and stand outside of the base HaMikdash with a very long knife and shecht inside of the base HaMikdash. So what the Gemara is asking over here is, Lagabe the Tvila. Does it work to avoid the Tvila if I go ahead and I stand outside with a very long knife? Do I have to be tovel or not? What's the Shaila? So the Gemara says, Tibay the Benzoma, Tibay the Rabbanan. I will say this is a Shaila both according to Benz, both according to the, the Rabbanan and Benzoma. The Pligid Rabbi Huda, listen to this, why? So Tibay the Benzoma, so remember again, Benzoma's, Benzoma's position is that this is a mandated tevila, right? That this is an absolute obligatory tevila. So Benzoma will say like this, Ad kan lo Benzoma ela legavoi, aval lo. On one hand, I can say, look, Benzoma only required immersion in the mikvah when, when, when you're inside. 
when you're entering into the base of Mikdash, are you entering into the base of Mikdash in this case? No. We'll say again, it's very clear. I'm standing outside. I have a very long knife. I'm standing outside. Ben Zoma only required the Tvila when you enter inside. Oh, Dilma, the other possibility is, according to Ben Zoma, we'll say no. You'll still have to go to the Mikvah. Why? Asilem Shuche. Because you may be drawn into the base of Mikdash. So as I will say, there is a concern, there is a concern that since you are affecting a process inside of the base of Mikdash, you could understand how it could come up that even though your intention is to remain outside, you may end up entering inside. So because of that, Benzoma will say, say, what Benzoma is saying is like this, look, any time that you're conducting a process inside the base of Mikdash, even if you think you're going to begin by remaining outside, there's always the possibility of entry. So because it's a possibility of entry, you have to go to the mikvah. So I'll say that's the two studs according to Ben Zoma. On one hand, we could say that Ben Zoma wouldn't require an immersion because, hey, you're not entering. On the other hand, Ben Zoma might require an immersion. Why? Because you may come to enter. Similarly, Tibai the Rabbanon, the Pligi Alei Rabbi Huda. There's also a question according to the Rabban who argued on Rabbi Huda. How so? Al kamo kamir Rabban on hasam delo ka'avir avoda. Aval hacha de ka'avir avoda lo. Because I will say, it could very well be that in the case, ultimately, that in the case of the Rabbanon who say that that kol adam lo bo tevila, that a regular person doesn't require a tevila when he comes to the base of mikdash. That's because he's not doing an avoda. However, again, aval hacha de ka'avir avoda. But here, the individual is doing shchita. And maybe since Shechita is occurring, Halacha Lamaisi should have to go to the mikvah. Oh, Dilma Loshna. Or perhaps it makes no difference. Perhaps it makes no difference and Tvila should not be required. To which the Gemara answers, Teku. So they both say the Gemara ultimately again leaves this question unanswered. They both say, I think there's, you know, the case itself is very interesting. And I think that there's an incredible metaphorical significance in it as well. Which is, they both say as follows, that sometimes in life, we, we work so hard, right? We work so hard in order to avoid a particular circumstance, right? When in fact, when in fact we'd be much better served just engaging and just confronting the circumstance instead of, trying, instead of spending so much time on the workaround, right? Is, is, isn't it interesting over here what's happening in this case? And obviously, this case is just trying to be illustrative, trying to kind of bring out the intricacies in the halacha. But isn't it fascinating? You have a guy who doesn't want to go to the mikvah for, for, for whatever the reason. So he's constructing a long knife. And the shayla is always does to work. And I will say so many times in life, so many times in life, there's an issue. I don't want to engage in the issue. So what do I do? I construct a long knife. Right? I, I just, I'll use every single workaround in the world, in the world, to avoid confronting the issue, to avoid the tvila. The tvila, right? The tvila is the metaphor for the issue. So I'll do everything. I'll do anything and everything. Meanwhile, I've the amount of effort that is expended in working around your issues often far surpasses confronting and dealing with the issue itself, which is such a profound message embedded in this Gemara. Don't make the long knife. Just go to the mikvah. Go to the mikvah. Shech the carbon normally. Whatever the challenges are, confront them. Deal with them. Engage them. Because although it sounds, feels so tempting to work around our issues, at the end of the day, it's much more exhausting and often not very productive. Let's say number two, the Gemara says something so beautiful. This lashon of asilem shuche, right? The concern that even according to Benzoma, even according to Benzoma, even if now you're going ahead and standing outside, what's Benzoma concerned about? One possibility is 
you may be drawn inside. See, I both have to understand something. So the Jew is naturally drawn to Kedusha. You see, we are innately and inherently holy. Holiness is not something we have to find. It's not something we have to acquire. It's not something we have to discover. Holiness, by definition, is who and what we are. So when you're standing outside the base of Mikdash, the most natural thing to occur is to be drawn in. I would say sometimes all we have to do is get out of our own way. If we are not as holy as we want to be, it's not because we can't be. It's often because we self-sabotage, we pull the rug out from under ourselves, and we don't let ourselves take advantage of our own opportunities. The Jew, by definition, is drawn to Kedusha. Asilam shuchei. We just have to get out of our own way. So we'll say the Gemara goes weiter. So I just want to point out before we go on, how do we paskin over here? Because now we get into a new sugi, which is really exciting. So how do we paskin over here? So we'll say, so the Mishnah told us that when you come to the Beis HaMikdash, you have to go to the Mikvah. So Machlok is as to what's the nature of that immersion. So the Rambam in Hilchos Bias HaMikdash, Perakei Halacha Dalet writes as follows. Rambam says, Zeaklal Hayyab HaMikdash. A person cannot enter for the avoda, even if he is tar, until he goes to the mikvah. So, if you notice, Loshan al Ram is very important, which is, if I am tar, I'm, I'm a regular guy, I'm a regular Yisrael, I'm coming to the base of mikdash, I'm tar, I know that I'm tar, is there a need for immersion in the mikvah? No. No, that's how the Ramah is asking. That by itself is not a need, ultimately, again, for... Now, is, is it good to go to the mikvah? Of course, of course, of course. And probably, historically, was it done just as like a preventative measure? Most probably, especially given the number of mikvahs that they've unearthed in the proximity of Harabayas. But Lamaisa, the Rambam writes that the only time there's an obligation to go to the mikvah when coming to the Beis HaMikdash is when nichnas la'azara la'avoda. When you are when you're a Kohen. So pretty much any Kohen who's showing up for work, even if the Kohen knows with absolute certainty, I'm Tahar. It's not a Shaila, he's still obligated to immerse in the mikvah. That's how the Raman Paskins. So we'll say let's go right there. Let's go right there. Chamish Tavilos Basar Kiddush So let's remember again the Mishnah said that over the course of Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol does five immersions in the mikvah and ten Kiddushin. I suppose to remember again, there's some people who do that every Shabbos, 10 Kiddushin. I don't say, but, but, but again, what I want to point out over here, the 10 Kiddushin, Kiddush refers to Kiddush Yadayim Viraglayim, right? Sanctification of the hands and feet, washing the hands and feet from the Kior. So five immersions in the mikvah, 10 Kiddushin. So it says the Gimar Tanu Rabbanon, let's analyze Tanu Rabbanon, Chamish Tavilos Vasari Kiddushin, Toval Kohen Gadol, Umekadish Bobayom. Bryce supports the Mishnah. The Kohen Gadol immersed five times over the course of Yom Kippur and ten Kiddushin. So the Kulan Bakodesh Bebesaparva, all of these immersions took place in the sanctified part of the Besamikdash compound in the Besaparva, Chutz Merishona Shahisa Bachol Al Gabisharhamayim, except for the first immersion in the morning, which took place Bachol. We'll call it in an unconsecrated part of the Beis HaMikdash, in a mikvah that was on top of the Shar HaMayim, and this mikvah was next to the Kohen Gadol's chamber. So we'll say, what are we referring to over here? So first of all, all of the immersions of the day, all of the immersions of the day were performed right here. Right? Remember, this is the mikvah over here 
of the Lishkas base Haparva. Right? This is the base Haparva Mikva over here. You can see it's 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 square Yudchas. It's square Yudchas. You have the little blue you have the little blue circle over there which represents a mikvah. And I both say again in that compound Tesvav, Tezayin, Yudzayin, you see, Lishkas HaMelech, Lishkas HaParva, Lishkas HaMadichin, that's where they kept the salt for Karbanos, that's where they went ahead and they cleaned out the animals from the Karbanos. So ultimately, again, all of the immersions took place over here in Circle Yud Ches. With exception, the Gemara says, of the first, of the first immersion. The first immersion, we'll say, you see Nun over here, Nun is Shar Hamayim, the water gate. Remember again, Abosai, we call this the water gate. Why? The Gemara said before, because on Sukkis, this is where they would bring in the water for the Niso Hamayim. So if you notice over here, right by where it says Nun Beis, there's another little circle. That little circle is the Hamikvah Shagavi Shamayim. That is the circle over here. Now, Bose, interestingly enough, it's, and this, and you can see this Mikvah, this Mikvah was in an unconsecrated part of the base of the Bose, the way you can see it is, you see that there's a black line that runs along the perimeter over here. That black line is the border, is the wall of the Beis HaMikdash proper. So if you notice again, the mikvah of the Beis HaParva is inside of the Beis HaMikdash compound. And ultimately again, oh, my point is right, it's over here, yeah. And the mikvah of the Sharamayim is outside of the black line. So that's what it means when it says that the mikvah of the Beis HaMikdash was outside of the Kodesh. Now what's interesting to note is as follows. It says that the, the mikvah in the Lishkas Hamayim was next to the chamber of the Kohen Gadol. Then I will say, remember again, what's in Nun Aleph? Nun Aleph is Lishkas Beis Avatinas. Remember again, I will say, what happened in Lishkas Beis Avatinas? What happened there? Kitoras, excellent. So we'll say, if you remember again, we had before, the Lishkas Beis Avatinas was also called the chamber of the Kohen Gadol. Right, you remember again, essentially, you remember we spoke about this, I will say that the Kohen Gadol has two chambers, the Lishkas Parhedrin, Lishkas Beis Avatina. So that's what it means when it says that the mikvah in the Shar Hamayim, which is again Nun Beis, is right next to the Kohen Gadol's chamber, which is the Lishkas Avatinas. Good. Says the Gemara, Amra Shmamina. Supposedly, this is fascinating. What do you see from here? You see from here that Ein Etam, that I both say, here's what's interesting. Where did these rooftop mikvahs get their water from? So it would be tempting to say, Rainwater. What's the problem? Not a lot of rain in Eretz Yisrael. And, and again, even if that works for the winter months, right, it's not really going to work. So we'll say, interestingly enough, the mikvahs were, spread, were fed from a natural spring called Ein Etam, the Etam Spring. So the Gemara says something very interesting. The Gemara says, you see from this Gemara Shema Ein Etam Amos. You see from here that the Ein Etam Spring must have been 23 amos above ground level. And really what it means is 23 amos above the ground level of the Harabayas. That's really what it means. Because I will say, remember again, water flows down. So if that, if that, if that, um, that stream spring, if that spring is going to feed the mikvah and the sharamayim, it has to be higher than the sharamayim. We're going to see where the calculation comes in just a moment. And the Gemara therefore says it must have been at least 23 Amos high. Why? The Gemara says, here we go. Disnan, call up Sachem Shayusham, all the entranceways in the base of Mikdash, Kofan Esrim Amavarachman Esra Amos, they had a height of 20 Amos and a width of 10 Amos. Chutz Mishal Ulam, with the exception of the Ulam, which had a larger, a larger width and height. Betanya, Varachat Bisarabamayim, and Mikvah, Kol Bisarab, sorry, the Pasik says, he shall wash his flesh in water. This refers to the waters of a Mikvah. 
kol besaro, and when it says kol besaro, all of his, all of his flesh, mayim shekol gufa olobahen. You have to have enough water in the mikvah that the water could cover the entire body. The kamein, and how much water covers the entire body. Also, you've seen this gemara many times for our journeys in shas. Ama al ama berum gimel amas. So we'll say it's the area of one ama by one ama with a height of three amos. That is the minimum amount of a mikvah in which one could immerse their entire body. And Chazal establishes Rabosai as the minimum amount of a mikvah of 40 saw. Right? So the measurement is one amma by one amma with a height of three amos. But again, Rabosai, we colloquially refer to that as 40 saw of water, which is the minimum amount of water to create a proper mikvah. Now, Rabosai, now watch this. I have a So say. So therefore, again, it, well, what just happened over here? So the Gemara says the height. Remember again, just to put this together, the Gemara says the height, the height ultimately again of the doorways in the base Hamikdash, of the entranceways, the gateways was twenty amos. So that means Sharamayim, upon which the mikvah is situated, is what is twenty amos high. The mikvah itself has a minimum height of of three amos. Twenty plus three is. 23, excellent, good. And therefore what? I need the water source to be higher than the mikvah, which just means that Ain Eitam must be at least 23 amos high from the ground of the Harabayis in order for the water to flow from Ain Eitam into the mikvah. Good, that's the simple math. So the Gemara says, one second. One second, I'm both saying. Even if you want to say that the height, that the height of the of the gate, ultimately again of the base of Mikdash or the Sharamayim was twenty amos. What about the amma, the thickness of the ceiling? Furthermore, again, I both say if you're constructing a mikvah, right? A mikvah needs a floor, right? The maziva, because otherwise you have a what, what was the right term? A seepage issue, right? You you need to go ahead and seal the mikvah, otherwise you're gonna have a leakage issue. So isn't isn't it really higher than twenty three amos? Because you have the amma thickness of the ceiling, you have ultimately again the floor of the mikvah, to which the Gemara says none of that is a problem. I'll tell you why. Sharon de Samikdash, Kevan de Shishaninu, Bemashu Avdilu. See, they're both saying the ceiling and the floor really were one and the same, because Lamaisa, again, the gateways of the Beis were made of marble. Marble doesn't absorb water. So because it doesn't absorb, ultimately, again, you didn't have to construct a separate ceiling and a separate floor, but rather, again, a very, the, the, small, the small marble top or the thin marble top of the gate was enough to serve as the ceiling and ultimately as the floor of the mikvah. But one second, okay, maybe that's true, but Lamaise, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there is still there is still going to be a little bit, in other words, also when you tell me that the, that the gateway is 20 amos high, there is still a little bit of space, an additional space, which represents either the thickness of the ceiling or part of the floor of the mikvah, to which the Gemara says, Interestingly enough, in the world of measurements, in the world of measurements, when something is less than an amal, it doesn't really show up. So while it may be true, that really it's the, the height of the gates were 20 plus a little. If the little is less than an amma, we don't reckon it in halacha. Therefore, I will say just interesting. So I will say the takeaway from here, takeaway from here is that remember, here's what to keep in mind. How many immersions in the mikvah Yom Kippur? Five, right? Number of, number of kiddushin sanctifications were 10. All of the immersions in the mikvah 
were generally done by the mikvah, by the base haparva. Right, which again I both say the mikvah on the base of If you're following along on the on the key that we're using over here is, or on the map we're using over here is circle yurchas. Everything is done here, with the exception of the first immersion, which is done here by the shar hamayim. Right, that and again difference between the mikvah and the base of mikvah and the shar hamayim. Base of is in the kodesh. Right, shar hamayim. Mikvah and the shar hamayim is in the chol. All the gemara just showed over here, and we'll discuss why that is. We'll we'll discuss why 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 the first. Immersion is done in the hall. Again, all the Gemara said, just interestingly enough, where was the mikvah and the shar hamayim fed from? The Ein Eitam spring, or the, the, spring of, the spring of Eitam. And all the Gemara just pointed out is that the spring of Eitam must have been at least 23 amos of elevation above the floor of the Harabayas in order for the water to flow down into the Harabayas. Incredible. Says the Gemara. Let's go back there. Says the Gemara. Parasu Sadin Shalbot. So I'll say, remember again, the Mishnah said, that when the Kohen Gadol would immerse, so they would spread out a sheet of linen in front of him. Remember again, this was to give him privacy, because remember again, people were there, right? People, even though, this is interesting, we're going to see this in the Gemara, even though there is no obligation of Aliyah L'Regal on Yom Kippur, we will see the Beis HaMikdash was packed on Yom Kippur. So to give the Kohen Gadol privacy, also from his fellow Kohanim, they, I mean, he, they, they would go ahead and put a, a, a sheet of linen to shield him, Maishna Shabbat, so why linen? I was about to say, if the goal is privacy, who cares what the, what the sheet is made of? To which the Lord's Because interestingly enough, the linen sheet was a reminder that the Avoda of Yom Kippur was performed in simple linen clothing. Remember again, I was say, as opposed to the rest of the year, where the Kohen Gadol wore special begadim, big days of gold investments that were unique to the Kohen Gadol, the Avodah of Yom Kippur was done ultimately again with big day boots or big, what we call big day lavan, simple linen clothing. So as a reminder, the sheet that they used to shield him for privacy purposes was made of linen as well. Incredible. So the Gemara goes out, what's the Mishnah? Mishnah, here we go. Part of says, these are very exciting Mishnahis, because literally, again, you know, we just have to make sure, we have to make sure to hazard this prior to Yom Kippur, because the truth is, you know, I, I, was, I, I would venture to say that for many of us, one of the hardest parts of Yom Kippur davening is Musaf, is Musaf, and particularly, again, the Avoda section of Musaf. Right? Because again, well, first of all, generally we're most tired during that time. And also because it goes quickly and it's hard to hold cup. But I just want to point out to Rabbi that by the time Yom Kippur comes this year, we'll be very well versed in the Avodah. It's going to be very exciting to Mir Hashem, be in the base of Mikdash this year, davening Musaf, watching the Kohen Gadol doing all of this, and we're going to know exactly what he's doing, where he's doing, when he's doing it. Incredible. Mir Hashem. Says the Mishnah, Pashat Yarad Vitaval. Kohen Gadol undresses. He goes down, he goes down, Vitaval, and he immerses in the mikvah. Allah bin Estapeg, he comes out, he dries off, he dries off. It's interesting, Rashi says over here, Mistap, Nistapeg, Misatev Ba'alon Tishabagad, Lispog Maim Shabbos, Allah bin Estapeg, Ben Eskanech. What does, how does he dry himself? He wraps himself in a very large towel. He wraps himself in a very large towel. He will big day zav. They bring him the golden clothing. Now, also remember again, golden clothing, we just, what, what did we just get finished saying? We just got finished saying it doesn't wear gold clothing. So let's just remember again, this is for the carbon tamid. The only time the Kohen Gadol doesn't wear golden clothing, meaning the big day, the big day lavan, the big day boots, the linen clothing, is for the Avodah of Yom Kippur. We're not up to the Avodah of Yom Kippur yet because the first order of business for the day is 
the carbon tamid. And the carbon tamid is a regular daily sacrifice. And as such, the Kohen Gadol dresses in his regular big day Kohen Gadol that he uses every day for, for the carbon tamid. So they're both saying, remember, first immersion, well, what, quick review, where is the first immersion happening? First tevila. Sharamayim, right? Sharamayim. So he goes down, he immerses, he puts, uh, dries off, they bring him the big day Zav. Vilavash, he goes and he gets dressed. Vikidish Yadav Ragla, supposed to be very interesting. After he gets dressed, he does Kidush Yadaim Viraglayim. Now this is very fascinating, because remember, he just came out of where? Just came out of the mikvah. Yet again, after dressing, he goes ahead and he goes ahead and puts on, he does Kiddush Daim So the Gemara says, So then they bring him, they bring in the carbon Tamid. Rashi said, actually, well, okay, fine. So we'll, we'll go ahead. So the Gemara says, They bring in the carbon Tamid. Karzo. We'll say Karzo, we saw this already before. Karzo means he begins the incision or he begins the cut. In other words, he, he shechts, but only pretty much does the bare minimum of the shechita. Does the bare minimum of the shechita and then hands off the knife to another coin to finish up the shechita. Umerik acher shechita al yado, and ultimately again, then another coin finishes up the shechita. Kibelas adam. because remember, why does that have to happen this way? Because we'll say, remember again, the avoda of Yom Kippur, including the tamid, which is not really part of Yom Kippur, but the avoda of the day, everything has to be done by the coin gadol. Well, remember again, which means the Kohen Gadol has to do the Kabbalah. He has to receive the blood also. Well, you can't shecht and do Kabbalah at the same time. So he does the shechita, the minimum of the shechita, then pretty much quickly hands over the knife to another Kohen to finish up the shechita, and the Kohen Gadol then immediately goes ahead and, go, and launches into the Kabbalah. Right? He receives the blood. So we're going to see, by the way, how this works. Because one of the things you can't do in shechita, I will say, is there are, are five psulim in shechita. One of the psul, one of the things that invalidates Shita is called, called Shehiyah. Right? If you begin Shita, then stop, then stop and then continue, ultimately that invalidates the Shita. And the reason for that is the concern is that if Halacha Lamai say you stop, the animal will struggle and may end up tearing the simonim on its own without shechita, which would render the animal ultimately a, a, a nevela. So how this works, we'll, we'll discuss. In any event, the Gemara says as follows. It, it's not really a shalom, because remember again, the ikr of shechita is you have to shecht rov shnaim. You have to shecht the majority of two simonim. So the Kohen Gogol would do that, but he would just do the bare minimum, then he would immediately hand it over, go do the Kabbalah, kibel asadam, the zarko. Then he would go ahead and do zriko. Nichnas lahaktir. We'll say after. So now carbon tamid is done. After that, nichnas lahaktir ketoros shalshachar uleheitiv esaneros. He then went in to offer up the morning ketoros and to go ahead uleheitiv esaneros and to go ahead and arrange the menorah. We spoke about this extensively before, right? To clean out the ash and to go ahead and arrange the menorah for that day's hadlaka. Then after that, uleheitiv esaros vesayivarim. Now, most remember again, we've seen, excuse me, that by the carbon tamid, after you shecht and dismember the animal, so the head and the limbs are placed on the ramp. After the Kohen Gadol finishes taking care of the menorah, so remember again, Abosai, he does, right? First tamid, first tamid, goes that after the tamid goes in to offer up the ketores, after that goes ahead and arranges the menorah, after that goes to the ramp, and now takes the sacrificial pieces, the rosh, the head, and the rest of the limbs, and takes them up the mizbeach. Ba'chavitin, chavitin of Oseh, first the minchas, chavitin, the special mincha offering, the es hayayin, and ultimately again the wine libations, 
Well, as I said, that was all done afterwards. Kitor Shachar, Haisa Kriva, Bein Dam Le'ivarim. So we'll say in the morning, Kitoris was offered up between the sprinkling of the blood, the Zrika, and the bringing up of the sacrificial pieces from the ramp to the top of the Mizech. That's what we just saw in the Mishnah. Because remember, again, the order was Shechita of the Tamid, then Zrika. Then after Zrika, you go in and you do Kitoris, arrange the menorah, and then bring up the sacrificial pieces. So in the morning, Kitoris was done in between Zrika and the bringing up of the limbs. Shabin Arbayim, but I will say, interestingly enough, when it comes to the Ketoris of the afternoon, because remember, Ketoris is offered up twice a day, the Ketoris of the afternoon, Bein Evarim Lenesachim. In the afternoon, Ketoris was offered up in between the bringing up of the limbs and the Nesachim, and the wine libations. Im Haya Gadol Zakino Istinin. So I will say, interestingly enough, we're jumping back a little bit, a bit now to the immersion in the mikvah. What happens if the Kohen Gadol was old, was older, or was an istinus. Istinus means a, a fastidious or sensitive person. What would they do? Remember, the, there were no heated mikvahs in the base of Mikdash. Right? These mikvahs were cold, especially if you understand that they were heated by natural springs. The pashas, they were cold. So, we'll say, so therefore, the Gemara says over here, if the, now remember, where did the, a little review, where did the Kohen Gadol, or where did the Kohanim go to warm up? In general, the Beis Hamikdash, right? You could get cold, it's a marble floor, you're working barefoot. Where did they go? The Beis Hamokad. Remember again, in the Beis Hamokad, there was always a fire that was burning, and that was there to allow the Kohanim to warm themselves. Aye, but what happens if the Kohen is elderly, or a bit of an istinus, and he doesn't like the ice-cold mikvah? They would pour in hot water. So they pour in hot water in order to go ahead and take off that. I don't know that, I don't know that it makes it a uh, warm mikvah, but at least the Maisa takes away the chill. That's Lashon of Chetafe Tinas, it means to take away the chill of the mikvah. Good. Says the Gemara. Amrua Rabbanon Kamei Papa. So the Rabbanon said over this Mishnah in front of Rat Papa, and they said as follows. Ha, the look Rabbi Meir. We'll say this, our Mishnah does not reflect the view of Rabbi Meir. Why not? So we'll say what's interesting in our Mishnah is as follows. If you take a look the way the Mishnah reads, by the first immersion, there was only one Kiddush, right? Only one Kiddush Adayim Vraglayim. Remember, again, we'll say, what was the order? He goes to the mikvah, first immersion. Again, one more time. Done where? Done where? Sharamayim. Right? Remember, what did the Mishnah say? He goes to the mikvah. Puts on his gold clothing, because remember again, right now it's going to be a quote-unquote regular service of the Tamid. Puts on his golden clothing. And then the Mishnah says, after he puts on the golden clothing, he does Kiddush Adayim V'raglayim. Now both say, so therefore the Gemara says, that's fine, but just know that our Mishnah does not reflect the view of Rabbi Meir. Because what does Rabbi Meir hold? The Rabbi Meir, Kevan da Amr Trey Kiddushe Alavisha Avadluhu, Hachinami the Avad Trey Kiddushe Alavisha. Because what's Rabbi Meir holds that Halacha Lamaisa, there are always two sanctifications done with every change of clothing. There's always two kiddusha daim done with any change of clothing. Look at Rashi just a moment. Look at Meir. Rashi says, So we'll see, we're going to see a little bit later on. 
actually just uh, two days from now. There's Machuk Sarmer and the Rabbanon about when you do Kiddush Avraglayim. Is it before you take off the clothing, after you take off the clothing? Okay, either way. Rameer Omer, Pashat V'Kiddush. Rameer says, first you remove the clothing and then do Kiddush Avraglayim. V'Shamim Aminei, V'Svir Aleid, V'Shnei Kiddush, and Shutzar HaKosov, Bein Beged LaBeged, Kiddiyolo V'Kaman Tarayim, Mishum Levishas Begadu, HaMeschalf and Tachas HaRishonim, V'Dikayim Masnis and Lav Kaval, Seitanan, Dira Bimeir, Betvil Rishon, and Amini Bait Shrei Kiddushay, Ta Big Day Kodesh, Hu Ba Lilbo. So we'll say, listen to this, according to Bimeir, there really should be two acts of Kiddush Adayim V'Raglayim. So we're going to see exactly when Rabbi Meir would, war, would require the second one. But I will say the Pashtos, the Pashtos, it should be according to Rabbi Meir, perhaps after taking off the big day chol, there should be Kiddush Adayim V'Raglayim, and then, and then immersion in the mikvah, then getting dressed, and then Kiddush Adayim V'Raglayim again. Either way, we're going to see the exact order. But Rabbi Meir generally requires two Kiddushin, Whenever there is a change of clothing, so the Gemara says, "Amrul Rapapa Ben Rabbanon Ben Rabbi Meir Chad Apshita the Big Day Kodesh Bechad Alabisha." The truth is, Rapapa says to be very honest, both according to Rabbi Meir and the Rabbanon, you always require two kiddushin: one Apshita, one when you take off Big Day Kodesh, and one when you put on new Big Day Kodesh. Every time you take off Big Day Kodesh. There's Kiddush Yadayim V'raglayim. And every time you put on new Big Day Kodesh, there is Kiddush Yadayim V'raglayim. So the Gemara says, So what are they arguing about over here? But as follows, we'll say, Upashat V'rachat V'lobash. Right? We'll say, the Pasuk spells out a process. It says, he will remove the clothing, the rachat, he will wash, and then he will get dressed again. Rabbi Meir, so Rabbi Meir holds, Makish Pshita L'levisha. We go ahead and we equate the undressing with the dressing. Just like I said, by dressing, everyone agrees that first you put on the big day Kodesh, then you do Kiddush Adayim V'raglayim, Af Pshito, so too by undressing, Poshet V'achar Kach You undress, and then you go ahead and you do Kiddush Adayim V'raglayim. For Rabbon and Tzavid, Rabbon on the other hand, hold no, Makish Pshito L'levisha. They equate undressing with dressing, just like by Levisha, when he is dressed, he does Kiddush Avraglayim. Af Pshita, so do before he undresses, Kishulavush Makadish. While he's still dressed, before he undresses, he does Kiddush Avraglayim. So we'll say, see what's happening over here? Everyone agrees on the second part, right? The second part is, once you put on the new Big Day Kodesh, ultimately, again, you have to go ahead and sanctify your hands and feet. The Machlokis is when you're changing out of the clothing, does the Kiddush Adayim V'raglayim happen before you change, before you undress, or after you undress? According to the Rabbanon, ultimately, again, it's going to be before you undress. According to Rimeir, it's going to be after you undress. So the Gemara says, Avpshita Kishulav V'shmakadosh. Amr Lui Rabbanon L'Rapapa. So the Rabbanon says, Rapapa, Umi Matis Amir Hachi. Is that true? Vatanya, we learned, Upar Parsus, Sudden Shabbuts, Beinola Beinaham. So remember again, we learned before that when the coin go, they go to the mikvah, they go and they hold up a linen sheet between him and the people. Pashat the Yarad. He undresses, he goes into the mikvah, Batavol. Allah bin Estapek. He gets out, he comes out, he dries off. Hevilo big days up, they bring him the golden clothing. Velavash, he gets dressed. The Kidesh Yadav Viraklov. And then he goes ahead and sanctifies his hands and feet. So we'll say, take a look at Joshua just a moment. We'll stop over here for today. We'll have to pick up with this. So again, I just want to point out what we're leaving off with. So the Gemara is intrigued by this idea. And we'll say, just to understand, if you notice, 
the way the Mishnah outlines the process is that when the Kohen Gadol goes to the mikvah the first time, it says he undresses. What there is no mention of is Kiddush Yedayim V'raglayim, when he undresses. So the Yomar is just going to try to understand what does that mean. Does that mean the Mishnah doesn't reflect the view of Rabbi Meir or not? To which the Gemara now is at the point where it says no. Everyone agrees that when you undress and then you subsequently dress, there is a Kiddush Yedayim V'raglayim associated with undressing and a Kiddush Yedayim V'raglayim associated with dressing. What's the Machlokes? The Machlokes is when the Kiddush Yedayim V'raglayim occurs. Does it occur before you undress or does it occur after you undress? How we plug that back into the Mishnah? Emir Hashem to be seen tomorrow.